0: right now I I, I see I could see me doing this till I get to retirement age but uh you never know what's ahead that's yeah. the great thing about life is you just never know what's ahead i think if anybody knew and could see their whole life planned out from a to z it would be way more boring right. you know you just never know what's going to happen I, I right now where we're at is we're coming in at the entry level and we're company drivers the only thing we're thinking about right now is uh potentially in the future becoming owner operators you know that's the next step we're we're business-minded uh, people, and uh, that's just a logical next step in this game is to have your own truck. Right. Where it goes from there, who knows, but this is something that uh, if you enjoy what you're doing, it's not like work, and and we really enjoy this. I mean, like I said, even when we get in construction or, or something happens, we make the most out of it, and if we're sitting there and the wreck's backed up and these people are fussing, I've been on the CB and told them, i I've say, Hey, it could be worse. You could be the one up there in the wreck. You know, we're way better off just sitting back here waiting to get by this. I said, there's somebody up there who may not be going home tonight.
1: you will be hard pressed to meet cooler heads than those of the husband-wife team pair of relative trucking newbies I had the pleasure of sitting down with in Hartsville, Tennessee. Tommy and Linda Bryant, you heard Tommy speaking of top have about a year as a company team with old time express pulling a van and generally loving life together after their midlife switch to over the road work i'm todd dills and for this edition of the overdrive radio podcast we drop into hartsville and in the small fleet office of old time where i met the Bryants. before trucking with the kids grown and out of the house tommy and linda were already basically spending much of their time together running a small hartsville cafe The road trip taken in a four-wheeler out west, though, gave them an idea of how they could get even closer and for longer, maximizing that precious commodity of time, as Tommy puts it. What are you doing with work but selling your time to an employer, after all? Whether that's yourself or, as is the case with the Bryants now, the old-time express fleet. And though Tommy and Linda may be new to trucking, it hasn't taken them long to see, as both pointed out, the potential value of more flexible sleeper splits beyond the eight and two currently available, particularly for their team operation.
0: We get to that soon enough. I'm Tommy Bryant.
2: I'm Linda Bryant. And what do you guys haul?
0: Mainly powdered steel, but we haul other stuff too, but mainly we haul powdered steel to Canada. Okay. That's our main run. We go up there about five times a week.
1: Okay. And um, coming back?
2: Uh, uh, we usually, out of Canada, we come back empty. Okay. We, and then most of the time we pick up in the states.
1: Okay.
2: And you pick up something,
0: um, you know, Michigan. Michigan. Fort here, Warren, something like that. Somewhere on the way back down, uh, the the job we got going up to Canada, it'll pay a round trip. So even okay. if we had to come back empty, it's it's covered. Okay. But a lot of times they'll have a stop, and we may pick up anything from cardboard boxes to brake parts on the way back down. Okay. But I'm native to tennessee i was born in waverly tennessee and lived here most of my life i did live five years in texas with my dad when i was older but um before uh, i was a machinist for 18 years and we got the bright idea that we was going to open a cafe so we opened the cafe and it took off and we ran it for seven years it was the early bird cafe matter of fact it's still in business my son's running it and uh we just we went out traveling one day and decided we liked being on the road we like traveling and seeing things and we decided, uh, no pun intended, to shift gears and <laughs> do something different, you know. And it led us to uh, to trucking, you know, getting out and seeing the country.
2: I'm actually from uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, I've been in Tennessee most of my life. Uh, I've been in food most of my life. Okay. And um, that is one of the reasons we opened the cafe is because uh, I wanted my own, you know, little, little shop and uh, we so we got into the food business and uh, like you said we've done it for like seven years and one day we went out we just went on a vacation and I told him I said it would be nice if we could do this you know we actually went to Colorado and uh, we were coming out and I said Tommy I said it would be nice if we could do this all the time and he says well we can and I said what he said yeah. He said, we can drive a big truck. I said, you're crazy. <laughs> I said, you're crazy. So we put it to, he put it together and went to doing some study on the truck schools and everything, and we decided to go to school.
1: The Bryants nearly ended up with a large carrier and an affiliated CDL program, as Tommy explains.
0: No, we, uh, we actually just went online and started uh, studying different schools. and uh, You can go on YouTube and watch a lot of the truckers, and they'll tell you their experiences with different schools. And we wanted to look at their training programs, how long you had to be with them, how much it costs. Most of the uh, mega carriers are willing to pay your school, but then you got to drive for them a couple of years, and their training is not usually close to where you're at. We would have had to went to Missouri to train. All the ones we focused on, we had almost settled on prime and uh we was going to go to missouri for like three months and then get out on the road get our miles in so i called mark and i asked mark if he knew of any schools locally you know because he he owned old time express and uh, he'd come in the cafe he was a customer that's actually how we met him matter of fact both of his daughters has waitressed for us through high school so we knew mark and mitch well and i I wanted their opinion because we knew they was in the business and And Mark recommended us to uh, go up to Lebanon and check with the Lockhart Trucking Academy. And we went and talked to them, and it worked out that that was going to be better for us, keep us at home, get our training here. And we wouldn't be obligated to work for anybody. So that's what we did.
1: Tommy's making reference here to Mark and Mitch White, brothers of Old Time Express, an approximately 20-truck small fleet long in operation after being founded in the 1990s by their owner-operator father, Bo. Here's Mark himself describing the Bryants and the agreement the fleet eventually came to to cover part of their CDL school's cost. Not the rule of the day when it comes to totally green drivers within old time given a host of factors. That includes, of course, experienced demands for new drivers insurers often put on small fleets.
3: Tommy and Linda, um, that, that was a unique case also. We, uh, um, we had kind of gotten a little sour on training drivers just because we had a few people come through and we had trained them and, and they just decided trucking wasn't for them. You know, Hey, I can't sleep in a truck or blah, blah, blah. You get tired enough. You can sleep anywhere. But so they, they approached us. We were eating lunch in their restaurant. They approached us. Hey, we're thinking about this. The kids are gone. We want to travel. We want to get paid to travel. We're thinking about getting our license and driving a truck. We told them, well, you better think long and hard because it's not like what you think it is. It's not sightseeing, um, <clears throat> but they kept, they were persistent about it. And we were like, well, you know, find you a good school, you know, do this, do this, be prepared. You're going to have to go with a big company. You're going to be gone for months at a time. It, you know, you got to tough it out at least the first year. And and just in having those conversations, Mitch and I started talking I was like well, we can hire them. We can train them. We've never had a, a true team. I don't know if we can keep them busy but you know so we started talking to them about going to work here uh, they were receptive to the idea and uh they were the first people who we actually um helped put through school we we covered half their tuition um and it has worked out wonderfully they um, they 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 do the job they run the miles and 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 we appreciate that but it's just their attitude. I mean, you couldn't ask for two better people who, who you can tell they like what they do and it shows. And and to me, uh, and I think Mitch would agree, we can't buy that kind of advertising. Nah, that's good as far as, you know, recruiting uh, other drivers or even your customer uh, to see that, you know, they, they, they're in a good mood, they, they like what they do. You know, uh, they're just—it's it, a job for them, but they don't act like it's a job. You know, so we really uh, appreciate having them, and and they they work hard, and it's almost like they don't want to come home. You know, <laughs> but uh, so we we hit a home run with them.
0: Uh, sir, so. Yes, sir. You're thinking. I'm thinking along the lines. We had looked at Prime. We had looked at Snyder. We had looked at uh. You know, a a SWIFT, (laughs) we looked at SWIFT, but so, I mean, we had looked at a bunch of them and, uh, and what we were starting to find out over the internet is whenever you get involved with them companies, you're more of just a number, you know, we're as this being a smaller company, we can call these people up. We don't even have to tell them our name. We start talking to them. They know who they're talking to and they take very good care of us. It's like working for your family. I feel like it's like here
1: it, I mean it really seems like you guys are obviously a big part of this community uh, business owners here you had the cafe uh, this this place kind of it seems like it's just a, a way to sort of continue to be a part of the community and True. not you know not have to, to go anywhere um, was that I mean was that part of the attraction ultimately for um, for you guys trucking or do you think you would have you think you would have done it anyway had uh, old time not been here
2: we would have done it anyway we would yes, we we'd, we'd probably went ahead and Maybe went with prom at that time, you know. Um, the The separation was a big issue for us too. We were going to be separated for like six months at a time, you know, to right. train to to get our CDL. So that was a that was another thing that we had to consider, you know. Um, being here with the mom and pop, we love it. We love it.
1: Were you guys? We were. Um separated for the first part of it though because you did do some training here right
2: yes we did some training for about three about, a, a m- about two months about two months so we were separated you know but we were home together on the weekend so it wasn't like it was a continuant separation yeah. for six months one, one of the
0: reasons we started the cafe is because we wanted to be together we enjoyed being together we get along really good and we noticed, you know, every morning we was leaving work, we'd get to the end of the road, I'd take a left, she'd take a right, we'd wave at each other. And I, I told her, you know, I said, all these hours a day we're away from each other, that's life we're missing out on. So we decided, you know, let's open this cafe, we can work together and we enjoyed that. And uh, the reason we wanted to go team drive is we can continue to work together, spend our life together and not be selling it to somebody. Your time's the most valuable thing you have on earth. and you're literally selling it to your employer right. so we wanted to spend our time together and the longer we was going to have to spend training and apart that's time you never get back right, right. so what what were you doing for work before the cafe started up <laughs> i had branched out from the machine this machine shop and uh, opened me a taxidermy shop and i did that and it actually lasted six or seven years and uh I got really good at putting animals together and got uh, lots of work. And I've got animals in probably about every state in America. And uh, because when I first started out, I'd practice on animals and sell them on eBay. And I've got foxes in New York and squirrels in Ohio. And you just, you name it, they're out there. And uh, the only downside to taxidermy is you just never know when you're going to get paid. Because they drop the animal off, they give you a deposit, you call them up, tell them it's ready. It could be a month or two before they show up to pick it up. So it, it's hard to pay your bills when you don't know what you got coming in. Sure. The
1: independents or small fleet owners listening will no doubt hear an apt trucking analogy in Tommy Bryant's description of cash flow issues in taxidermy, as it were. For GATS attendees next month in Dallas, the Friday, 2 p.m., August 23rd edition of our Partners in Business Seminars with ATBS will be dedicated in part to such issues, a panel discussion with three small fleet owners and an independent. Today, the Bryant's 29-year-old son runs the Early Bird Cafe. He's one of four children the Bryant's raised, two apiece from previous marriages, and now with seven grandchildren ranging in age from two to ten. One of whom, Tommy says, for now has decided he wants to drive a truck for a living. We'll see how that goes, he says. We went on to talk about how the Bryants were settling into their new life at work, on the road.
0: You can relate. I think it all boils down to you can relate when you hear him, when you hear a guy venting about how long he was sitting on the dock to get loaded, or an uh, uh, accident or construction that kept him sitting in traffic, and he's not going to make his load, and now he's he's out of hours. I mean, you can slowly relate to everything they're saying. You know, and then you uh, you've got the super truckers out there and they're gonna tell you they, they, they never set in an accident, they've never missed a load and they've never, you know, had to do anything out of their way, but but it's it's really good. And I actually actually even though we're just new to this, we've not even been doing it a year yet, I actually got to help a, a driver this weekend. Matter of fact, when you called to speak to me, I was on the phone, a guy could not get his tandems to slide. And I told him, I said, well, I said, I will tell you what, I got some wheel chocks in my truck. I said, we chalk wheels, we'll slide that trailer. And I went and got the chocks, and we got him, got him slid, and got his pins where he needed them, and uh, got him back on the road. And it makes you, makes you feel really good to help a driver like that, you know, especially being new to the game, because you know sooner or later you may be the one needing someone to help you. So we're we're there, and I mean we've become, they call it a brotherhood, and they might as well say sisterhood Sister now. But uh, I feel like we are getting to become part of that and looking forward to being in it.
1: The Bryant's biggest obstacle when they first got out on the road as a team. Let's just say it won't surprise you given the state of the roads in so many places.
0: The first week or two out there, you would have looked at us and thought we hadn't slept in a while. I mean, we really was down to just a couple of hours of sleep a day because we would would take, we would do an 8-2 split and uh, one of us would have eight hours off. Well. We would try to get five, six, seven hours of sleep. That's not happening. You might go back there and sleep two hours and then you wake up and can't go back to sleep. Maybe before the end, you start again. You might get another little hour of sleep, so you're running like three hours of sleep.
2: You felt all the bumps in the road, so we went and we bought us some mattresses, and we've actually got a what about ten inches of mattress? Memory
0: foam. Memory foam. We've got, yeah, we've got two four-inch memory foams and an eight-inch memory foam on her. So we we're doing. I mean, we're just slowly adapting the truck and finding what. We found that the springs on the mattress, you would hit a pothole and still continue and to bounce a moment or two after you pass it. Well, that memory foam, you just absorb the shock and you're past it. So and I
2: try to, you know, um, while he's sleeping, I try to, uh, you know, go around all the holes in the road if I can to keep it, you know, from hitting them, you know, because uh, of jarring in the bed and not saying, uh, uh-huh, not hit the brakes, uh, earplugs help a lot. Earplugs is something that we, we do adapt to, you know, far as sleeping, um, other than that i mean the, i think that has been the big obstacle for yeah, both of us yeah really the roads shape. are they, yeah. it amazes me how bad the roads are you know um i just figured a lot of the states would take better care of their roads but no, no. and it and
1: it occurs to me too having having ridden in a truck in the past that this is probably not something that that would have been so obvious to you when you're in your car on a vacation running across the Across the country but once you get in that really heavy vehicle you really feel a lot more of the
2: the
0: conditions and and that and from what I hear they've came a long way you know they used to call the old cabovers uh, back breakers and you know they had solid seats well now they've got the you know air suspension in the seat and they really upgraded the suspension and they say you know the wear and tear on the truck is tremendous because they say for everything you feel coming through the truck it's, it's twice as bad under the truck, you know, and so I can imagine that, and uh, the trucks are really made well, because what they go through bouncing up and down the road, you would think they would just be falling apart, and they don't, I mean, they really hold up to it, and uh, if they could get these roads smoothed out, I mean, I think it would. you would see a lot less frustrated and uh, angry truckers out there, so, because uh, uh, a lot of the times, I mean, you're bouncing up and down the road, and your equipment's coming loose in the truck, and you just got to stay on top of it.
1: Part of the sleep challenge as a functioning team has been mitigated for the Bryants by using the eight and two split, as was intimated earlier. Along with many other haulers out there, both truckers can see, though, the, tra- the attraction of a more flexible split. If rules change, Tommy says,
0: So what Linda and I have already thought about is maybe doing five and five, so that we never have to drive longer than five hours at a, a stretch because if anybody's out there that that has driven, know that those hours between like uh, 1 in the morning and 6 a.m. is the hardest time to keep that head up. I'll get drowsy, you know, so I think that if we can get it down to five-hour shifts, that won't be a problem. It would be nice that uh, if I'm getting to that drowsy spot because Mark, was, he tells us, Tommy, if you're sleepy, pull over, he said, take 30 minutes 45 minute nap and then get back on the road if you feel like you're ready for it he said never drive tired they they do not want us to drive tired he'll tell you that stop rest area whatever you got to do stop but it would be so nice that if i could wake her up or you know say hey i'm really tired will you drive a couple hours i'm going to hit the bunk a couple hours and just keep rolling instead of losing that 30 minutes to 45 minutes you know the drivers they can set regulations for you need to sleep here or stop here but only the driver knows when he's tired and everybody's internal clocks are different some people would rather drive all through the night and sleep in the daytime and then vice versa so i think with them putting more of it into our control uh... it's gonna be a positive move for the drivers because it it does let us say i'm sleepy i'm going to sleep but it's not going to cut into my drive time
1: anybody else hungry if you find yourself headed through Hartsville, due northeast of Nashville along Tennessee State Route 10, and want an excellent burger, find the Early Bird Cafe where 10 crosses Andrews Avenue right in the center of town. After talking with Bryant's Old Time Express headquarters nearby, we went to lunch there and they gave me the tour in brief. It's
2: called the Early Bird Cafe, Tommy and I sit down one day and try to figure out some names of what we wanted to name it. and. So we come up with the Early Bird Cafe. The reason being is we had a lot of hunters that, or Tommy actually is a hunter himself, and no place to eat early in the morning. So we started out opening at 4 a.m. So for about the first
0: five, five years, years probably, 4 in we was morning, up we
2: was at 1.30 in the morning, and we was in here and had this open by four o'clock every morning. So uh, specifically for the hunters.
0: Mm-hmm. But as you can see, we've made it like country, and we put all this wood on the walls. And when you first walked in there, this was just block walls. There was no roof. You could just see mm-hmm. straight through out to the, the Whirly Birds, and so That's, we kind of made it like country looking. It's got and wood paneling on. It does. And
2: yeah, uh, all the stuff you see on the walls, our customers has brought in and pretty well gave to us. Yeah, all
0: the old farm uh, implements and stuff all been donated.
2: Yeah, the the one with the muzzle muzzleloader over here and the chicken and stuff, it was one of our first customers. He's oh. passed away he's now. he's passed on now. So, oh, wow. yeah. What about uh, yeah, yeah, what is
0: that? It's a... Uh. That's a black powder gun that blew up on him when he was shooting it. Really? Yeah. yeah he, he gave it to me to hang on the wall. Yeah. We get a lot of comments about that and the scope above it was actually on it and uh, he found part of that scope. He got to looking for the other part and uh, it was embedded in the door over here. He had stepped out on the front porch just to... Yeah clear it you know shoot it and so he can unload it and uh the, it blew up and if the scope had come just a little bit lower it would have probably kill the guy but oh he said gosh. he literally had to wiggle it out of the door to get it out of the yeah. panel oh we're, love loving, it. It. Love we're it. loving it we loving it you want to come go on the road with us a lot of country. no i'm on the road good, but ain't <laughs> <laughs> i'm on the road a lot yeah. it's good to see you, see you man Oh, well, you see a lot of country. i, don't don't. I don't Let's see if i can around, around my son know. joey yeah <laughs> Uh, look at this. Hey, Joy. This is Todd. Remember, I was telling you he was coming hey, to interview us yeah, from that. Overdrive Magazine. Yeah. yeah. This is this is my son Joey. He worked with us about three years before we turned it over to okay. him. Okay. So he's uh, he's still hitting and getting it. Yep. You still enjoying it, Joy. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that makes all the difference in the world. A big
1: thanks to the Bryant's, and I'll say this: the early bird comes complete with a big eight-seat liars' table, as Tommy calls it, right up by the counter. Show up around lunchtime and I guarantee you won't regret it. Say hi to Trousdale County Sheriff Ray Russell for me. Guess what he did to start his working life some decades ago? As Tommy put it around the liar's
0: table. Makes you wonder how you go from lying on log bugs to law enforcement. There you go.
1: Until next time.